Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. It appears Seska has been genetically altered. (laughs) The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, April 25, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 825 of the Biden-Harris administration, 560 days until the 24th presidential election. Instagram, my handle is TheBobSeska. Twitter is BobSeska underscore go. Spoutable, Bob Seska. And, of course, our Patreon page, BobSeskaShow.com. Big news day. So look, sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. I told you. You said it all. <laughs> I told you you should have kept the bow ties. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, hi, hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi, uh, that is that is Bob. I am Buzz, and we've decided to continue the show while the appeals process plays out. <laughs> Wow, yeah, you've said it, Bob. Uh, what a week it's been already, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Elmo's rocket exploded. Uh, Tucker got fired. Don Lemon got fired. Mm-hmm. Also, also, and a lot of people, this is under the radar, a lot of people don't know this, the chief executive at NBC got fired. Wow. Apparently he'd been dipping his peacock feather in the company ink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so the bad news uh, for Tucker is Fox fired him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news for Tucker, he's still got that blue check on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know. Not saying a word. I, I hear I hear Sean Hannity's job is safe, though. Uh-huh. Uh, it may be, uh, he may be harder to push out than Dianne Feinstein. <laughs> That's hard. Tough. Yeah. Oh, man. And the, the DeSantis presidential campaign is not going well. Nope. Uh, insiders say it's kind of a Mickey Mouse operation. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, political observers say the DeSantis lacks people skills. Uh-huh. Uh, that's understandable. People, not his species. <laughs> his species is meatball, by the way. <laughs> yes. And Netflix. Netflix is going to stop now mailing out DVDs, uh-huh. which is actually how that service began. Yep. And you won't believe what Netflix plans to do with all those DVDs. <laughs> They're going to open up some blockbusters. Here we go. A little Carlson. My little Tucker. Oh, 
Is that one? <laughs> That's beautiful. That's that is fantastic. Now he has to go wash the grease out of his hair. <laughs> That's right. That was really good. That wow. Yes, big news today. We've got lots to discuss here because Tucker Carlson got fired, fired, gone. He's out. Yep. And it happened in maybe the best way, which is that he was already promoting his Monday night show. There was already right promos running on the network and throughout the weekend in fact on friday's yes. show he said well we'll see you on monday and then uh no that didn't happen and then over the weekend he and his representation team his agents were negotiating for a new contract that would keep him at fox through 2029 wow that was going on all weekend long uh, and all weekend long, he was working on summer specials and, and such. And uh, Fox was still running promos for Tucker's show on Monday morning before the announcement was made. Interesting. Uh, so it, it was a, a last-minute thing when we heard that news. So here's how it went down. This is right. uh, Harris Faulkner's announcement yesterday morning in which she got on the air and uh, spilled the beans about what was going on with Tucker. I mean... She didn't spill the beans insofar as there was details, but no, this is... there was maybe there was one bean. Maybe. Yeah, exactly one bean. We have some news from within our Fox family. Oh. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Oh. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. Was and starting tonight. <laughs> Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. <laughs> okay. And, and, and a moment of silence. Yeah, right. You know what I would call that? Pulse pounding. <laughs> so, so excited for the changeover at Fox News. You know, we have to do this. We used to do this all the time on the show, Buzz. Every time someone right. would depart, like cancel their campaign and their campaign uh -huh. for president or right. resign from Congress, we'd have to play this. Yeah. This is Night Ranger Goodbye. <laughs> Longtime listeners of the show remember this. Yeah. yeah. So sad for Tucker. All the Tucker fans crying. You can sing along in the car if you'd like to. This makes me smile. I'm sorry. All right, that's enough. <laughs> we have to have our fun these days, don't we? It's so uh, hard to say goodbye. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. It goes back to what I was saying previously previous shows is that we have to embrace each and every victory because we've had oh, a yeah. rough eight years so yeah. we deserve this uh and there, there's a lot to discuss uh, about this uh, but at the guttural level uh, uh this is pleasing this yeah, is, is this is something this is healing <laughs> it's something we needed and something we earned and deserve yes and i'm so glad that it didn't happen right after we finished recording today's show that's one of the most <laughs> common 
responses I was getting on Twitter is that, oh my God, did you do a podcast yesterday? How did this happen? How did this come down when it did? And you know what the funny thing is? I did a podcast right yeah, before this news was announced. I did uh, the Friends from Work podcast with my friends uh, Rick Shue and Freak Base, and we talked uh-huh. about superhero fatigue for an hour and a half. And then as soon as we finished doing that show, it's like we kind of tricked the universe a little bit because that's it's, when the Tucker Carlson news came down. <laughs> it's like, look, look at it this way. It's like washing your car to make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? We do the a show, is- stuff happens. You can thank us later. We do a show and stuff happens. That's <laughs> right. great. That's yeah. a great setup. <laughs> Seska's doing a show right now. Let's throw him a bit of news here after exactly. he's done. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't no, know we, which I, show I was doing, though. Ha <laughs> ha. But this, this certainly was a surprise. The word stunned. <laughs> and stunning uh, came up a lot uh, over the last 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson's dismissal was described as stunning, uh-huh. and uh, Don Lemon said he was stunned at his dismissal. Uh, and so that, that word got a lot of play yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was in fact, jarring. It was, uh, uh, you know, it was not so much Lemon, because I think we're all comfortable with that. Uh, <laughs> well said, yes. I was just a way, way of putting it. Similar. That's probably okay. the, the, the nice way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Carlson though is is to be celebrated, and that's yeah, yeah. that's that was unexpected to most of us. Uh-huh. I think we can, I think we can kind of explain it this hour. Yeah, it was such a big deal that Joe Scarborough ended up in prime time for the first time since I think well, 19 or like wait what 2009 was the last time he did Scarborough Country or something like that. That, that was a pre-planned show, and initially, okay. uh, yeah, that that had been planned well in advance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was in some ways unfortunate timing because the show was ostensibly, it was like an hour and 20 minute show, and it was ostensibly about uh, uh, Ireland. And, and uh, they had uh, Clinton and, and Hillary and, and uh, Bill both, and, and uh, they had Joe Biden, and they had Tony Blair, and that was going to be the show. Yeah. And then the Tucker thing happened, so uh, Scarborough ended up spending the first half hour of that real estate or so uh, talking about uh, Tucker's dismissal. So it really changed the the face of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't tell you how relieved I am because Tucker Carlson was, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most dangerous people on cable news because absolutely he not only had name recognition, but he also had the cred, at least when it comes to that audience, he had that established cred so that when he was filled with all of this white supremacy and bigotry and awfulness, it had more weight with that audience. And he was willing, yeah, he was willing to just screech all of this awfulness on a nightly basis to the point, I mean, it was absolutely shameless how uh, brazen he was with not only disinformation, but kind of sculpting the way his audience thinks by confirming, vocally confirming all of their uh, bigotry and biases. You have a right to believe what you believe. Don't let them tell you to not believe what you think. You know this is true. These are all things he would like constantly affirm all of the nonsense that his audience believed. And that was pure danger as far as I'm concerned. It was the white supremacy hour, and he was willing to do this, not only for the money. It it not only proved to be uh, profitable for him for a while, uh, but it it also allowed him to act out uh, vengeance. Yeah, Uh, Tucker was kicked out of a boarding school. Uh, (laughs) He was fired from numerous jobs. 
Uh, he was despondent at one point in his career, thinking that, uh, you know, he was in this world of TV, but it was never going to work for him. It was He was never going to succeed at it. Yeah. And uh, when he finally got a position of power, he went nuts. And it did become the white power hour. It did become the white supremacy, male supremacy hour. Yeah. And it did exactly what you said. It affirmed and confirmed uh, the beliefs of ignorant people who live in fear of those different from themselves. He always struck me as having been part of the Philip Seymour Hoffman crowd in Scent of a Woman. Remember the the bullies yeah. who went to yeah. the prep school and they... Right, oh yeah. Yeah, and they uh, set up the main character. They set up Chris O'Donnell to take and- the blame for the vandalism that they incurred. Tucker Carlson would have been in that crowd with Philip Seymour Hoffman, absolutely. And then uh, Al Pacino would have had to dress him down in that final scene. <laughs> and, and you know what? Right there, yeah. I, I, I see that same uh, smart-ass college fraternity bully uh, not only in Tucker Carlson but in uh, Justice Kavanaugh yeah and in Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. uh, we see we see that personality crops up quite a bit on the Republican side primarily. yeah, yeah. Uh, and and we see it uh, quite frequently these days. So why was he fired? I know the Washington Post reported something along the lines of Carlson's comments. Uh, this is directly from the Washington Post. In fact, Carlson's comments about Fox colleagues, as partly revealed in the Dominion case, also may have played a role in the departure, said uh, one of their sources. So right. oh, that yeah, may be yeah. a thing. Um, it is. It is absolutely. I really think uh, you've struck upon one of the primary reasons. One of the things yeah. I do pride myself on, one of the things I think I bring to this show and to my online presence is uh, that I draw from a lot of different sources, uh, good sources, but 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 more than uh, more than a few, uh, and and I develop a consensus of of and I and I can, I have a chance to see all the possible explanations and the rationale for them, and what the consensus seems to be, and then apply my own logic, uh, such as it is, uh, to, to come up with a picture of what's going on. And I, I get a better picture of things. By the more, uh, the more reliable sources I look at, the better picture I get, because each one, and, and the devil is in the details, each one has different details from one another, because they're separate reporters at separate institutions, and uh, they've come up with different material. Similar, but different. Somebody will have a detail that the other guy won't have, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so I think I benefit from that. And what I've drawn from that is that uh, what he's said privately about his colleagues, perhaps, uh, which is divisive within the network, but more importantly, what he said about management in those emails. You see, uh, we did not get to see certain parts of the evidence in the Dominion trial because it had been redacted, but Fox management got to see it. Mm -hmm. Fox management said to the attorneys, okay, we're not showing it to the court, but show us. And they did. Fox management saw what Tucker had been saying about them. He saw what uh, the, the divisiveness he was causing within the network itself. And then these, the, there's the, but the, so that sort of comes out of the Dominion suit, right? But then there's the Abby Grossman case in which she alleges yeah. sexual harassment and anti-Semitism. Abigail Grossman is alleging anti-Semitism after working for both uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo, Bartiromo as I call her, yeah. and, and Tucker Carlson. And she saved the receipts. 
She has the receipts. So we have all the evidence from the Dominion trial, which is one of the great things we got out of that trial. The best, as you said last week, the best thing we got out of that trial, if nothing else happens, even if it were to be settled, which it was, that we would always have the memos that were part of the public evidence from that trial. So we have that stuff. Now we've got Abby Grossman, who also has receipts. And then behind her, we have uh, Smartmatic and their lawsuit. And they have new receipts to add to the pile. And as I have said before, no one thing here is going to bring down Fox News. Yeah, yeah. But the aggregate of these things may very well do so. Yes, and I think there's a lot of credibility to Abby Grossberg's case. And right. one of the reasons why I think that is this news that we got, what was it, last week, uh, regarding this interview between Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk, where they were talking about their urge to impregnate women. And uh, Elon Musk blamed birth control and abortions to the impending collapse of civilization. And uh, Tucker nodded right along with that. So, yeah, I get the sense that Tucker's not a big fan of women in the workplace and may have treated Abby Grossberg accordingly. And so that, I think, is a big factor. He's already cost uh, Fox News Channel or contributed to costing Fox News Channel $787 million. Right. Um, And Smartmatic is going for even more money, and they have vowed to take it to court. I mean, that may just be a threat, but they vowed to take it to court. They're seeking a retraction. They're seeking an apology. And uh, as I said, I think they're seeking, what, what $2.8 million? 2.7 billion dollars, right? Right, right. And if I said Abby Grossman, I apologize. I meant to say Grossberg. And oh, okay. I apologize if I got that wrong. Forgive me. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, this is my week for correcting myself <laughs> or, or, or being corrected by others. Eh, it happens, right? Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> But um, I I have here from the New York Times uh, a snippet, a text show that Mr. Carlson held Fox's executives in low regard, slamming them for, quote, destroying our credibility, end quote, for allowing Fox to accurately report Mr. Biden's win and belittling them as, quote, a combination of incompetent liberals and top leadership with too much pride to back down. Well, it, and Rupert Murdoch is in a mood. You know, it, it, it only took him two weeks to ditch his fiance, uh, And now he's ditched the the most money-making man on the Fox News Network. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Uh-huh. Uh, they have the uh, Fox Nation app, the paid app that you can get for your TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson was their draw. He had the most prominent, most successful, most watched shows on that service. They didn't just give up the guy in prime time on cable. They gave up the guy who was driving, who's been driving their app. Their stock lost uh, 3% yesterday by the end of the day, and it was down 5% at one point. By the end of the day, it was down by 3%, which means by the end of the day yesterday, Fox had lost a half billion dollars in value. Yeah. Now add add that to the 787, add that to whatever the cost may be of losing Tucker Carlson, <laughs> add that to whatever the Abby Grossman uh, verdict or settlement turns out to be, add that to whatever the Smartmatic uh, and Smartmatic by the way seems more intent on getting an apology yeah. as does Abby uh, Grossberg. Um if I may can I backtrack for a second? Yeah, mind? sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, I I there was a wonderful piece in the in the New York Times uh some day ago do i have the date in front of me Hmm. i do not have april 21st yeah so four days ago uh this was written by the ceo of uh of uh, dominion voting systems 
And at one point he addresses, uh, you know, he talks about the importance of the financial settlement and how it is, in fact, a punishment for Fox and a, a virtual admission of what they'd done. And, and he's proud. He brags a little bit about the evidence that they did expose that I was just talking about. But he writes, what was missing was an apology. So I drafted one for it that I thought would be appropriate to include. When I read it to my business partner, he asked what I thought about mandating that Fox issue an apology that would be forced, insincere, and limited. At that moment, I threw my draft in the garbage. <laughs> he, he ends by saying, by the way, it's never too late for an apology, and if one day it comes of Fox's own volition, we will at least know it was real. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I want to, if I may briefly provide some evidence on, because we, we a lot's happened since you and I last spoke, and yes. I know you've had <laughs> other shows to discuss some of this, but I, like I said, I, I find things. Uh, MSNBC, Elizabeth Williams writes, um, among the powers the judge gave the special master in that, uh, there, you remember the judge in the Fox Dominion case uh, appointed a special master at one point yeah. because the judge was pissed that Fox had been lying to him. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's uh, what happened, and this will give you the real reason Fox decided to settle. Uh, among the powers that Judge Davis gave the special master were the right to take his own depositions of any person at any location of his choosing, and within five calendar days. <laughs> and not only did Davis plan to make that special master's investigation would be on Fox's dime, but he declared that Fox could not refuse any request for information on grounds of attorney-client privilege or the attorney work product doctrine, which generally protects their thought process. Put another way, if the special master wanted to depose Fox's Rupert Murdoch about the process of preparing for his deposition or ask Fox News producer Abby Grossberg what specifically she told the network's in-house and outside counsel about audio recordings of conversations that were germane to Dominion's claims, that would be fair game. And if the special master demanded a closer look at any specific lawyers or emails or texts including with other lawyers representing Fox that would be within his rights to do so and that is why Fox was terrified and ultimately settled that case that's I'm, I apologize for the diatribe there but it gives me and hopefully other people closure on what the hell happened there especially since uh, this has been my week to be wrong about things uh, the the case was in fact settled uh, contrary to my prediction you know you mentioned Tucker's apology uh, right. you mentioned that draft right of an apology well here's the Daily Show's version of a Tucker Carlson apology Excellent. you want to oh, play this good. yeah yeah yes. <laughs> There's much fallout this evening, and there will be for months. We are admitting that we lied to you for saying the wrong things about the, the 2020 election. <laughs> now, why is that? Well, the truth is Donald Trump lost the election. And no, we didn't tell you because we don't care what you think. Now we have to pay hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> we were wrong. We are completely irresponsible, and we're sorry, America. I'm sorry for repeating something that was untrue. I'm sorry, I just gotta take a quick break mm -hmm. and go cry in a closet while squeezing a stuffed animal. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, Great and job. You know, as far as the Fox News justification, as far as Rupert Murdoch justifying the firing of Tucker Carlson from a programming point of view, I don't think Tucker Carlson is as big a loss for Fox News as we might think, because I think- right. Tucker Carlson, as I was saying at the top of the show, Tucker Carlson is an empty suit. You can stick whatever ideology, whatever talking points, whatever gibberish and nonsense and disinformation into an empty suit and they'll just repeat it. They can get any other empty suit into that time slot and inject the same bullshit. 
which they will probably do. So, like, they could get Brian Kilmeade, one of the giggling couch tumors from Fox <laughs> and Friends, and they can stick Brian Kilmeade in that slot, give him the same Tucker Carlson scripts up on the teleprompter, and I think they're basically getting a one-to-one even exchange from Tucker to Kilmeade or mm, Tucker yeah. to question mark, you know. Yeah, well, question mark will do better than Brian Kilmeade. Yeah, yeah, well, anyone. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I don't know how long that search will take. It'll be interesting to see what effect this has. Uh, but this is, uh, the, Rupert Murdoch has been able to prove repeatedly, whether it was with Glenn Beck or, or uh, you know, a- any of uh, the predecessors in that time period, uh, Bill O'Reilly, uh, t- Rupert has always loved to prove that Fox was the star, not the host. Yeah. And he would do things. He would mess with the hosts to a certain extent uh, to remind them of that fact. And so there, and up to this point, for sure, Fox has been the star, not the host. Fox has continued to do just fine with equally big names being removed from its primetime lineup. So normally you'd say, well, Fox is going to be fine uh, without him. This feels a little different to me because this is a different climate that we've been in before. Uh, uh, We have prosecutions going on with Trump. We have uh, we have Tucker's email that says he hated Trump passionately. We have uh, you know we see the infighting in Trump and uh, some of this by osmosis is getting through to Fox viewers. Some of it is, yeah, Just yeah. Some of them, not all of them. I understand that, but uh, it, they're being hurt in lots of different ways. That whole uh, right wing is being hurt in lots of different ways, and I don't know. It just feels a little different to me this time. Yeah, uh, Rupert Rupert may still be right. The network may still be the star, not the host, but this one just feels a little different to me. We'll see. Yeah, and obviously Fox News doesn't really have any hesitation when it comes to replacing some of their marquee talent on the air because the reason Tucker Carlson ended up in that 8 o'clock Eastern time slot, that you know, that centerpiece of their primetime lineup, is right. because they had to fire Bill O'Reilly right. uh, for numerous reasons. And that calls to mind something that Tucker Carlson said years and years and years ago about mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly and about, and, and this to me dovetails into the whole previous empty suit conversation. Right. These guys are empty vessels who are making career moves and playing characters, playing roles on television that don't necessarily, and I'm saying necessarily, overlap with what their actual values are, if they have any values at all. I think their only real values are careerism, income, et cetera, ratings, popularity. And so when it comes to being conservative talkers, for lack of a better term, it's a lot of bullshit. It's a strategic move from a career ladder point of view is why they take some of these jobs. And this is this is Tucker Carlson talking about how Bill O'Reilly was doing a shtick that he really wasn't mm-hmm. buying into some of the things he was saying on the air, that it was all bullshit for effect. Right. So here's, this is Tucker uh, a bunch of years ago describing okay. all of this. Another yeah. quote from your book, Bill O'Reilly's success is built on the perception that he really is who he claims to be. If he ever gets caught out of character, it's over. Out That's of character. Right. I, I, I say before that, that you know, Bill O'Reilly's really talented. He's more talented than I am. You know, he's got a lot more viewers than I do. He's a better communicator than I am. Mm. Uh, but I think there's kind of a deep phoniness at the center of his shtick. 
Uh, and again, as I say, the shtick is sort of built on this perception that he is the character he plays. He is every man. This kind of po he's not right wing. He's a populist. This kind of Irish Catholic populist fighting for you against the powers that be. It's a character, right? And right. that's great as a shtick, but I'm just saying the moment that it's revealed not to be true, it's over. The moment he gets caught, you know, slapping a flight attendant on the Concorde for not bringing his champagne fast enough or barking at, you know, one of his subordinates to take the, you know, brown M&Ms out of my bowl and get me a bottle of Evian or something like that. The second that makes page six, it's over, right? Because the whole thing is predicated on the fact that he is who he says he is and just... Nobody is that person, especially not someone who makes a million dollars, you know, many millions a year. Nobody is that person. This is Tucker saying the quiet part out loud about right, right. Uh, not. I think he's not just talking about Bill O'Reilly. I think he's talking about a great many people who happen to grace Fox News's airwaves. I, I think that's what Stephen Colbert tried to teach us with the Colbert <laughs> rapport yeah. that he used to do on Comedy yeah. Central. Uh, Colbert uh, laid that bare uh, that, that uh, these guys are playing a role and made mm -hmm. it clear that he was playing a role and he did it to expose the other guys who were playing a role. Uh, but let me address a couple of issues here. Uh, who has more charisma, do you think, on television, uh, Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson? Sean Hannity. Without really? even thinking about it, yes. Really? Now, yeah. see, I, it, it seems to me that Tucker is more effective. He, he was doing better than Hannity. His, his ratings were beating Hannity's. Uh, I, it, it, it just seems to me he's uh, a bit more charismatic with his audience than, uh -huh. than Hannity. Hannity, mm, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I just think there's more electricity in uh, Tucker uh, that, that made it. And, and what I'm, one of the questions I want to pose is, how easy is it going to be or difficult is it going to be to find somebody who has the kind of electricity that Tucker had to go in that space? And as far as just filling an empty suit with the same words, I don't know. I'll go along with the empty suit, but I don't know that it will be the same words. Hmm. Uh, I, I think... Uh, Fox knows it has to be more careful now about certain things. True. It will still, you know, beat the right-wing drum. Uh, mm -hmm. No question about that. But I think it's going to be more careful going forward. I, I hope that as a business, it's learned some economic lessons uh, from the stuff that's happening here and will adjust its business model accordingly. I don't know that it'll be hugely noticeable, but uh, even... Stopping some of that disinformation, I think, would be very helpful. There's lots more that we can discuss here. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break here in a second. Already? And, yeah, I want to talk about what's next for that time slot specifically, because there's okay. a, lot of, a lot of people talking about, well, it's going to be even worse. Whoever takes over that time slot is going to be far worse than Tucker. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to uh, talk about that a little bit. But one of the things I want to leave you with before we take a, a short break is... Yes maybe the lowest point in Tucker Carlson's Fox News career was that time he was promoting testicle tanning. <laughs> that was a real thing. Like, hey, yeah, guys, yeah. maybe you should zap your balls with ultraviolet rays uh, uh -huh. once or twice a week. Here's, here's a little bit of uh, Tucker talking about testicle tanning. with oh, a, I, I think this is with a guest. You saw in the clip there, um, if you want to optimize and take it, uh, to another level, expose yourself to red light therapy. Yes. Um, and the juve um, that we were using in the documentary, there's a massive amount Which of... Which is testicle tanning. 
it's testicle tanning, but it's also full body uh, red light therapy, uh -huh. which has massive amount of benefits. And there's so much data out there um, that isn't being picked up on or covered. So obviously half the viewers right now are like, what, that's testicle tanning, that's crazy. But my view is, okay, testosterone levels like crash and nobody says anything about it, that's crazy. So why is it crazy to seek solutions? It's not crazy to seek solutions. And I think um, I was recently exposed to a term called bromeopathy. And I think there's <laughs> a lot of people out there right now that um, are, don't trust the mainstream information and they're taking. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Bromeopathy. Good luck. Yeah, that's see, that's the bullshit that Fox News was super dangerous about with regard to this is all at the same time as the, the COVID vaccines and masking and everything like that. Instead of listening to the science, they were constantly trying to invent new science on the fly, like bromeopathy and red light therapy for your yeah. testicles. I, which, I've never heard. Yeah. yeah, I've never. I've studied light and colors, and I, I've never under. I've never understood what they mean by red light therapy. There's ultra. There's infrared light, which is yeah. a heat lamp, mm -hmm. and then there's ultraviolet light, which is a sun lamp or tanning lamp mm -hmm. so it shouldn't it be ultraviolet therapy if you're tanning your testicles if yeah. you're if you're using infrared you're just heating them <laughs> I don't know what the point is. That see to me, that would be the opposite effect. If you're heating your balls, yeah, no, that's good. Good. That would yeah. actually lower your testosterone. Right. Yeah. Your balls are outside your body cavity in order to keep them well, cooler than your body core temperature. So now I now I think we know why Tucker had such a high voice. <laughs> It was just the same. It was torn from the same cloth as Donald Trump yeah. standing up there in the press room that night saying, hey, you know, maybe we should uh, zap our bodies with ultraviolet light to get rid of COVID and then put bleach in our bodies because the bleach would kill the COVID. And it's the same kind of nonsense bro science that you see uh -huh. all over YouTube and social media. Okay, yeah, you've got your little fake science. What's wrong with the actual science that's actually been shown to be effective for the things that you want to have done to you? And so this is the kind of uh, gibberish that Tucker Carlson was feeding his audience on a regular basis, in addition to the uh, bigotry and racism and misogyny and all the rest of it. Well, thank you for taking that moment to look back at uh, Tucker's ball tanning <laughs> escapades. Yeah. Also, I have a couple more clips here uh, that I want to play after we uh, take a short break. So more to come. Plus, we got to talk about Joe Biden's big announcement today, uh, Supreme Court and Mifepristone, and a, and a whole lot yes. more uh, still to come on today's show. But first, if you're pissed off at cable news and other very serious <laughs> political analysts, uh, here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this here podcast. For just $5 per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. By the way, big announcement on the Trek politics front coming up on the uh, Shadow Docket today. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Trek politics is a new podcast. I'm working on. So we're going to talk about that coming up here on the Shadow Docket. You're also going to get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for $5 per month, just pennies per show. So don't miss out. BobSuskaShow.com, Patreon.com slash BobSuskaShow. Either address will get you there. You can bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you for that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! the show this is the donnie's the armies that's the name of the band the donnie's the armies and it's a song called episodes it goes back a couple of years but uh brand new to us yeah i love this i love this track yeah link in the description of course to uh download this music the donnie's the armies is the name of the band once again just go to this episode at bobseska.com 425.23 is the date Click on that episode, scroll on down, and you'll find links to all the independent bands we play here on the show. I'm trying to make out the episode, n- yeah. trying yes. to make out the name of the band. Do we know what part of the planet they're from? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Are they, are they? Could they be Irish? Do we know? That's a really good question because it it's is. the Donnies, D-O-N-N-I-E-S, and then uh-huh. the Armies as multiple armies. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the name of the band. Yeah, it's an interesting mm-hmm. name, and it's it is. memorable. It's like, to me, it reminds me of Young Gun Silver Fox. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not right. quite sure what that means. Uh, maybe it describes the members of the band. Maybe it's a couple of different things. Maybe they just went and just opened a dictionary and went, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Ah, Donnie's Armies. There we go. That's the well, name the, of Well, the Donnie's, the Armies, uh, right. will have an answer for you next week, won't we, Bob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure we will. Okay, what's next for that time slot, the 8 o'clock time slot? A lot of people talking on social media about how, oh, it's going to be far worse. I don't know why you're selling celebrating Bob because whoever takes that time slot is gonna be far worse than Tucker yeah I know that crowd I don't know because you know what I thought Bill O'Reilly was worse than Tucker so it doesn't always go that way and I honest to God believe that I believe that Tucker 
<laughs> strangely enough, wasn't nearly as awful as Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly was a truly deplorable human being. Was he more of a white supremacist than Tucker Carlson? Uh, he used to, oh my God, yes. I mean, remember how he was talking about a restaurant in Harlem that he went to and he was like mocking the black people in the restaurant. He would say, oh, they're out there. They're talking about more FM, MF and iced tea. And he was just raving out on his show about how awful these black people were in this restaurant. And I'll never forget that. He used to always talk about, uh, and, and I'm just, you know what? I'm not even going to say the words. He was talking right. about Mexican people. I, I got the idea. Talking about Mexican people and yeah. in a derogatory way. Yeah, I guess I didn't I didn't really know that part of him. You know, I don't watch the Fox News, so I don't, you know, I didn't I didn't watch it. Was He, he was on. Yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't watch it when Tucker Carlson was on. Yeah. And so I didn't catch everything. I caught his horrible... Uh, political views, but I didn't catch a lot of this other stuff that, that that really told you who he was. I remember I was on, this was, had to have been uh, 2012, I was on Geraldo's last radio show before he went syndicated, Geraldo Rivera. And right. we were talking about the Obama versus Mitt Romney campaign at that time. And mm -hmm. guess who shows up in the middle of my segment? Tucker Carlson. So it's oh, wow. me, Geraldo, Tucker Carlson on the air. <laughs> I'm desperately hoping my cell phone doesn't crap out because I'm, I'm in Hawaii in a bad cell zone. So I'm oh, like, dear. oh, shit, I get to talk to Tucker Carlson here. And so Tucker Carlson starts going off at me about how much corporate money Barack Obama is taking in that campaign. Right. And I said, hey, look, Tucker. If you want to eliminate private money from campaigns, come over to my side of things. We Let's talk. Let's talk about doing that. And that shut him the fuck up because he realized, oh, wait a minute. Right. I, I like corporate money in campaigns. <laughs> I don't want to eliminate that. So I kind of called his bluff on that particular point. That was my one interaction with uh, Tucker Carlson. There, there, there is and has always been far more corporate money. In, and I know there's big money back in the Democrats, thankfully. Yeah. But there's always been... Uh, Republicans have always been the party of business, allegedly. Oh yeah, and 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 uh, that is who they defend at tax time. Certainly, uh, that's the biggest donors uh, corporate uh, have been toward Republicans. Yeah, well, and then my thing is when it comes to private money in uh, campaigns is or private money in politics. Period is that it has to be a mutual disarmament. Both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party have to get rid of it at the same time because right. if it's just the Democrats, that puts the Democrats right. at a disadvantage. Not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with gerrymandering. Like Democrats can do whatever they have to do to eliminate gerrymandering, but if the Republicans are still gerrymandering, once again, What's that puts point? us at a disadvantage. It has to be right. a mutually assured destruction kind of situation where both sides drop it at the same time and that's the challenge that's the real challenge and all of that yeah, so just and you know what uh, the gerrymandering has been i just you know, want it still on the record the gerrymandering has been the greatest danger to democracy and to oh, the yeah. democratic party yeah. uh for the past we, we let it get away from us yeah. and uh we let the republicans take the ball on that and they now control all the state not all they control a majority or at least half of the state legislatures uh, you know, and we've just sort of sat back and allowed that to happen. We've got to start paying attention down ballot, and yeah. we've got to start fighting the gerrymandering. Let's not forget also, when it comes to Tucker Carlson, the right. fact that he worsened 
the COVID pandemic through his oh, disinformation, yeah. his anti-vaxxing posture, his anti-masking posture. Here's a clip of Tucker Carlson doing exactly that. So we right. just so we don't forget. Not even Tony Fauci still pretends that masks are medically necessary. Instead, masks are purely a sign of political obedience, like no. Kim Il-sung pins in Pyongyang. Oh, God. We wear them because we have to. The only people who wear masks voluntarily outside are zealots and neurotics. Uh, and people who just don't want to get sick or, or who don't want to make other people sick. It is so awful what they did to thousands and thousands of Americans, convincing them that masking is just a completely pointless exercise that you only do out of fealty to politics or some political party or some sort of uh, uh, virtue signaling. Tell that to a surgeon or tell that to a medical professional who understands that, yeah, if I don't wear a mask, there's going to be a terrible infection that's going to happen to one of my patients and they could die. I mean, this is just no-brainer shit, and they tried desperately to shove this camel through the eye of a needle and say, yeah, no, no, you don't have to wear a mask because all you're doing is genuflecting before Big Pharma or you're genuflecting before the power structure in Washington or whatever the hell they were talking about. So we should never forget how Fox News, and specifically Tucker Carlson, contributed to the illness or death of thousands upon thousands of Americans through this uh, you know, awful disinformation. You're talking about uh, Carlson and vaccinations made me uh, return to his Twitter page, which I'm looking at now. Yeah. When I when I came here yesterday, uh, it had his little, you know, Fox News, whatever, yeah. and, and, and that's been removed. He hasn't posted anything since uh, April 21st, yeah. Friday, but uh, he's removed uh, the, the Fox part of his bio, and also part of his bio was uh, vaccinated. That he was vaccinated. Oh yeah. While while he was preaching this other stuff on the air, which is <laughs> you know typical Tucker, typical Jesus. Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. Someone did a great impression, and I, I I apologize. I don't have in my notes who this person is. I only labeled the audio file Tucker Carlson impression. Not one right. of my best days as far as labeling things. But uh -huh. uh, this is a wonderful Tucker Carlson impression. If anyone <laughs> knows who this kid is, oh, good. let me know in the comments on Patreon or on Twitter somewhere. Because uh, I really have to apologize to this person because this is really good. This evening for dinner, I went to the popular Mexican food franchise, Chipotle. <laughs> I got a run-of-the-mill chicken burrito with cheese, lettuce, and the rest. And then they asked if I wanted chips. I replied, of course, chips are delicious, but I don't want any guacamole. They understood me, but upon getting to my car and looking in the bag, I realized that they did give me guacamole with the chips. <laughs> now, we know that guacamole is a liberal media tool that they use to brainwash the youth. So why would they give me, Tucker Carlson, guacamole? <laughs> There's only one logical explanation for this. They're trying to brainwash me. <laughs> That is so great. Fantastic. So we're going to be like Tizzy on, uh, on, on TikTok and on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, someone knows this man. <laughs> someone, someone, someone in your town knows this man. Uh, we, we'd love to give him the credit he's due because that is fantastic. Yeah. The brilliance of that is you can absolutely hear Tucker Carlson saying that exact yes. thing and yeah. getting his audience all fired up about Chipotle giving him guacamole when he didn't ask for guacamole. Just leap onto Twitter and start screaming about 
Tucker guacamole and Chipotle and how Chipotle's woke with their guacamole. Oh my God. You can just absolutely see that coming down Main Street. All right. This this talented young man, I presume, showed showed us, showed everyone how Tucker could use anything to divide people. I mean, yeah. aside, you know, his perfect phrasing and pacing aside, hmm. uh, this individual really nailed in that performance uh, uh, how Tucker would turn anything into a culture war. Yes. Okay, so changing gears here, we got to talk about Joe Biden. And, yeah, I'm bringing that music back. Sorry. I love it. I, I don't know about anyone else, but I find it to be pulse-pounding, the MSNBC Majestic. election music, yeah. Yes. Um, Joe Biden announced his uh, re-elect today. And yes. I, I think now everyone get in line. I, you know, look. At the risk of sounding like a party shill, which I am not, I'm a realist. I understand that it's either Joe Biden uh-huh. or this point looks to be Donald Trump as right. the alternative. So we all got to get in line because democracy is at stake. And whether you're someone whose socks go up and down at the thought of Joe Biden, uh, doesn't matter. There's no one better positioned to run in the 2024 election as a Democrat than Joe Biden, than the incumbent president running with the heft of the White House behind him. That's a big deal. And so I've lost, yeah. I've lost patience. I've lost patience with the naysayers. I, yeah. And I, what I want to do today maybe is urge the people listening to join me in your lack of patience for naysayers. Uh, you're either on the, and, and tell them this, folks. Tell them you're either on the team or you're not on the team. Yes. You know, uh, you're either on the team or you're effectively working for the other guys. Whether it's Trump or somebody else, it has to be Joe Biden. Yes, I know he's elderly. I know that uh, I, like you, would prefer younger leadership, and I hope we get it soon enough. But right now, as Bob points out, he's the guy we have. And here's the best part about the fact that he's the guy we have. He's done really great. Yes! He's done really well. There's stuff to be proud of here, and there's too much to lose if he isn't reelected. It, just like I said with Hillary, you don't have to like her. You don't have to like Joe. But you do have to vote for him if you care about democracy. By the way, you know that springtime is here. When yes. the leaf blowers come out outside my <laughs> apartment. So that's why it sounds like there's a, a drone, like Roger Stone is out there uh, commandeering a drone, uh, riding atop it with his pointy head. And uh, yeah, it, but it's not, it's, it's a leaf it's, blower. Yeah. It's mating season for powered lawn tools. <laughs> yeah. So every time I start talking, you're going to hear the leaf blower outside my window. There's nothing I can do about it. And let me just say there are no finer powered lawn tools than those made by DR. <laughs> because DR is done right. Have you done professional line reads for them before? I have been the voice of that company for over 12 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, duh. Yeah. I, I do all their videos, online videos. Uh, they used to do DVDs, and their television commercials are voiced by me as well. I had somebody contacted me the other day and said, did I hear you on a lawnmower commercial? 
<laughs> yes, yes, you did. That was me. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and a mighty fine lawnmower they are, too. Right, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so ends that commercial. <laughs> right. And by the way, it's going to be Biden-Harris. He's not going to be replacing yeah. Kamala Harris anytime soon. Can we just no. strike that fantasy out of your heads, please? All the people who said she should be removed from the ticket, all the people who said she would be removed from the ticket, you're all wrong. And one of the funniest criticisms I've ever heard of, of Kamala Harris is, uh, she hadn't done nothing. <laughs> what, what, what do vice presidents do exactly? Have you read the Constitution? Do you God. know what their jobs are? Just contrarians looking for excuses. Un- I know. Fucking I, and, believable. And, and, and I don't know about the people listening, but I'm fed up with it. I believe I've always believed in healthy skepticism. I think I have healthy skepticism, but I like your word, Bob, realism. And I think that's an important thing for us to bear in mind, especially when it comes to things like the Electoral College and how the two-party system operates in this country. Yes, right. you could hate the two-party system, and still acknowledge the fact that we're currently in a two-party system. If it's not the if it's not the Democrats, it's going to be the Republicans. It's not some other question mark fantasy candidate who happens to throw their hat in the ring. It's not going to be some third-party candidate running in 2024 who's ever going to get a single electoral vote. It's just not going to happen. It's either Joe Biden or whoever the Republican is, and at this point, it looks like that Republican's going to be goddamn Donald Trump again. And so we have to act accordingly. We have to, we can have our fantasies. We can have our internal preferences in accordance with our values. But when it comes down to the actual brass tacks of casting a ballot in this election, you cast the ballot for the person who's most likely to block Donald Trump from becoming president. And that person is Joe Biden. It comes down to basic math and reality. Okay, there's my speech. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it may be that the only man who can save us is 80 years old, but yeah. if he's the only man who can save us, then he's our guy. That's exactly uh, right. Yep. You know, it's, it's funny. I, DeSantis, and you've been right about him crashing on the national stage. <laughs> I still think I still think there's reason to believe that if Trump goes away on some level, uh, that uh, they're going to look around and see a 44-year-old running against a, an 80-year-old and a 76-year-old, or, yeah. <laughs> or maybe just an 80-year-old, and, and I think that's something for us to be conscious of and a little bit fearful of, no matter how much of a screw-up Ron DeSantis is. And we're learning more every day yeah. about how much of a screw-up Ron DeSantis is. So he may crash and burn before he ever declares. I'm starting to wonder if uh, maybe he's going to decline to run uh, yeah, yeah. When, when he makes that decision within the next month. Uh, but but what happens, either way, whether DeSantis stays in or doesn't, you know, gets in or doesn't, what happens if Donald Trump has to go to jail? What what happens if, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not so sure. I, I know that you can serve, you can be president from jail under our Constitution because it doesn't prohibit that. I know that you can run, uh, be elected if you're a convicted criminal. It's been done before. Nobody's ever won the White House that way, but uh, you can at least run. Uh, you know, I, what what's going to happen? Because I... As certain as it is right now that Trump's going to be the Republican nominee, what if he isn't? Yeah, it's a really good question. And then I think it falls to Ron DeSantis. And by the way, I just want to throw this out there. 
Liz Cheney isn't doing that poorly in the polls. I mean, she's in the top five, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy given the current status of the Republican and she, Party. And, and that's without even trying, without even yeah, really getting yeah. out there yet. Yeah. And that's not to say that I like Liz Cheney. I'm not a right. fan of Liz Cheney, other than her posture on democracy, which I absolutely agree with, and she's certainly fighting in the trenches with us right now. I, I disagree with her on every other policy uh, proposal that she has, every other idea that she has, but, I mean, by and large. Anyway, but going back to Ron DeSantis, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about his little bit from yesterday morning that preceded the Tucker Carlson news. And he was asked about uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump's criticism about him. And his response was so awkward and weird. You can't really get a sense of it with the audio only. You have to see it too, because he does this crazy like like Simpson eye, like his eyes get really bulgy, like uh, one of the Simpsons characters, and he does like a bobblehead thing, and he says, ah. "Right, it's been described as a bobblehead. It's also been described as a waggle, if you can <laughs> sort of picture that, because his head really shifts from the middle. It's uh, a very odd sight indeed." But, I like uh, that waggle. Yeah, yeah that's a good Nick, one. Nikki Nikki Haley, who ran against him, and prior to that served as the state's agriculture committee uh, chairman uh, agriculture commissioner and uh, therefore was a member of DeSantis's cabinet in in DeSantis's first term uh, she said she has seen that head before she's seen <laughs> you know uh, seen him do that a number of yeah. times and she says it's because he's scared and uh, that's just kind of his sort of cocky reaction, frat boy reaction to it. Interesting. I have a different theory about this, and, and not yes. to necessarily disagree with that one, but I, I right. have my own little theory about what he was doing in this. Let's play the audio for a second just okay. to give you a sense of what he was saying. And you can imagine him looking really super awkward and bobbing his head back and forth and his eyes getting <laughs> really buggy. Here's this uh, clip. I'll show you falling behind uh, Trump. Any thoughts on that? I'm not. I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if uh, if and when that changes. Obviously, you don't get the same impression from the audio alone. But right. here's my theory. Uh-huh. I think he was doing a Reagan impression. That seemed to me like Reagan well, going, "Well, I don't know, and I don't know if I ever knew." You know, is this that same kind of thing? And and but, Ron DeSantis, what we know about him. Among uh-huh. many other things, yes. is he's kind of impressionable. Like we've seen him doing all of the Trump gestures and behaving like wearing similar right. suits and doing the invisible accordion thing with his hands, right? And trying to be Trump. Maybe this was Ron DeSantis. You know, he's the governor of a big state, just like Ronald Reagan was when he ran right. in 1980. Right. And so, and the, the true conservative in the movement. So this was Ron DeSantis, maybe calling to mind a bit of Reaganism in his performance. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you're, not, you're, you're not necessarily wrong, and I would build on that by saying he did it at uh, two or three times the speed that Reagan's head bobbled. <laughs> uh, so, and that indicates to me uh, anxiety and nervousness. Unless something happens to Trump, it's not going to be DeSantis. And right. as you said earlier, and I've been predicting this for a long time now, is that uh, he was going to crumble under national scrutiny. As soon as he started to become a candidate, people would start to look at him with more scrutiny than they did when he was just governor. And I don't think they're liking what they're seeing, and he's certainly not helping his own cause at all. 
Well, he, he has yeah. he, he has picked up conservative uh, support around the country. He did uh, he got a pretty good reception in Iowa. Yeah, um, he's everywhere but Florida these days, right. uh, which is a great relief to Disney. You know, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I agree that he's going to crash, but he he may end up being the only alternative, uh, and and there's reason to be even more fearful of him if that were to happen than than even to be of Trump, and and you could certainly be very fearful of a. Uh, a second Trump term. Oh, yes, because he's still talking about how Democrats yeah. want to execute babies moments after they're born. This is still a thing that Donald Trump is playing with. Here he is on one of his videos. I don't know where these videos go, but <laughs> he's got these awful videos where he looks like Bill the Cat, where one eye is super buggy and the other <laughs> eye is squinty. It's very strange, but here we go. This is Trump. I will continue to stand strong against the extreme late-term abortionists in the Democrat Party who believe Democratic. in abortion yes. on demand in the ninth month of pregnancy no. and even executing babies after birth. No. They actually talk beyond birth, no. after birth, executing the baby. This the baby. is where we've come, and it's so sad to see. Executing the baby. Perhaps um, the name of today's show. <laughs> executing the baby. Uh, very possibly, yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, for, well, first of all, something weird was happening with his teeth when he was talking about that. I noticed these little uh -huh. things. I'm, I'm very yeah. nitpicky when I watch uh, Donald Trump videos. But obviously, what he's actually talking about when it comes to this is if a baby is born with severe birth defects and will not live very long after being right. born, right. then the parents can authorize the doctor to make the baby as comfortable as possible as it passes away, rather right. than using all kinds of extreme measures to painfully prolong that baby's life. And so right. that's what Ralph Northam was very badly talking about uh, a few years ago. And Donald Trump jumped on that and turned it into Democrats want to execute babies right after they're born, which is just next level awfulness that I'm surprised it hasn't gotten anyone killed yet. Uh, that's how bad it is. As far as late-term abort, it just doesn't happen. No one's aborting their babies at, at nine months unless there's some sort of serious, serious medical emergency. You don't get to that point. And by the way, there's only like a handful of states where that's even legal. Things like Vermont, D.C., California, New Mexico, Colorado. It's just not a thing that happens because you don't get to that point in your pregnancy and go, oh, you know what, I've changed my mind. We've bought uh, all kinds of baby stuff. We've had the baby shower. We've got the room decorated. We've got the walls painted. We've got the house baby-proofed and all the rest of it. But, ah, mm -hmm. fuck. I've decided no. So, kill it. No, it's, it doesn't happen. You know what happens no. after the baby is viable? It's not an abortion. It's a delivery. Those right. babies are delivered into the world where they can survive outside. So, okay, this is all just such horseshit. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and DeSantis is as bad or worse on, the, on this subject, uh -huh. spreading, spreading the same lies and, and promoting the same policies. Yeah. Uh, That's true. You know, th this is, and this is part of the long list of things to be frightened of uh, mm -hmm. with, with the Republican control of Congress and uh, having a Republican in the White House again. Yeah. Uh, this particular Republican. And, and you know what? If I may interject here, another message I'd like to see my fellow progressives carry forward uh, in, in their march uh, is that the Republican candidate for president is an accused criminal. Yes. The Republican candidate for president is an accused criminal. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think we can say that enough. No. I think that's one of the strongest cards we can play and cuts right to the heart of things. That's right. Uh, and and hopefully discredits his views on uh, a number of issues, uh, a range of issues, including abortion. Oh, and finally, uh, before we take a break, just moments after we finished recording the Friday after party, yes, <laughs> the news came course. down that the Supreme Court put a stay on uh, Judge Kasmerick's ruling about Mifepristone. This is right. also good news. It I think is, the I vote think. was seven to two. The usual fuckheads voted uh, to uh, uphold uh, Kaczmarek's ruling, but everyone else said no, no. And this is just just temporary now, of course, but I think this is uh, at least some shred of positive news. I I do too. They've kicked the can down the road here. Uh, It's too too soon, uh, I think, mainly. I, I think the Supreme Court is comfortable with the fact that it met its conservative goal of overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And I think the court would like to uh, mostly stay out of it. I understand that right now there's a good deal of infighting going on. And yeah. this is all complicated by the extreme radicalized incompetence of Judge Alito mm-hmm. and the extreme corruption of Judge Clarence Thomas. Yeah, well said. Uh, and, and the court is in disarray right now. Mm-hmm. I, I keep seeing people posting, the Supreme Court is illegitimate. And you know what? Uh, that's pretty much true. And I, I, I don't know, you know, I know it takes this uh, two-thirds majority and all of that, but we we have got to add justices to the Supreme Court to return balance to the court there were nine federal court districts, so we got nine justices on the Supreme Court. There are now 13 federal justices. It makes perfect sense to have 13 justices on the court. There's nothing radical about this idea at all. In fact, it would be a return to normalcy in more ways than one if if we were able to push that through. We can only do that uh, with by electing Democrats. Um, when we come back, we've got some news from Fonnie Willis that you reported on on Twitter. I want to talk about that briefly. Yes. Plus, the House Republicans passed a nationwide ban on trans girls in sports. Yes. I want to talk about that briefly and completely debunk this nonsense about trans girls in uh, high school, grade school sports. Right. Uh, there's lots to say about that. So we'll take another short break and come back with more show right after these words. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
the great state to state. And uh, a song that we're dedicating to Tucker Carlson is called Bye Bye. <laughs> as in, bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye, a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Had some, had some fun yesterday with a video that I made about all of this. I, I love yes. it. When j- just about to sit down and do a video and gr- some awesome news like this falls right into my lap. You, <laughs> you do such a great job with those videos. I oh, am thank you. Uh, unceasingly impressed by the editing and the production values. I enjoy those. I know. Look, well, you're up to like eight, nine podcasts a week, right? Uh, you know, you've got <laughs> yeah. you've got four of your own, and then you do everybody else's. Exactly right. Them. Yes, yeah. Uh, and and then you write the blog for for uh, the, the the banter. Yes. And uh, you know, and and now you're doing uh, these videos, two or three a week. But these videos are stupendous, and I know you're stretched pretty thin, and I know you're still handling stuff in your personal life. But uh, congratulations, my friend. You You've oh, really, thank you. Thank really you. have done a great job. I love the videos. I've received from people I very much respect over the last couple of days, including you, Buzz, uh, some amazing votes of confidence for those videos because it's brand new territory for me. I've only started doing video on the internet it. this year. But I, I think I've done my Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours when it comes to editing video, but I've never actually appeared in videos until this year, uh, certainly not on social media. Do you, and so, do you enjoy yeah. editing? I really do. I love I, editing. I I love editing probably more than I should. It's my favorite yeah. thing. I did an independent, I, I shot an independent movie after 9-11, back in 2002, 2003. Right. And one of my favorite parts of that process uh, in addition to working with a great set of improv actors, which was so much fun, but editing everything together after the fact was just such a blast, and it's always been fun. I've been doing work with Cliff Schechter for uh-huh. many, many years on uh, campaign videos and other things along those lines, doing work with the uh, the Ohio Innocence Project, editing videos for them, and it's one of my favorite things to do. I just so enjoy it. Once you get those raw materials all lined up, it's just so much fun to put all the pieces together. It's like building something out of Lego. It's kind of yeah. got that sense yeah. of satisfaction. You can, you, you can make things pretty and you can make things cool. And that's the, the <laughs> yeah. really the fun part. Whether it's audio or video, I love editing. Yes. Well, th- and thank yeah. you so much. Thank you again for the votes of comedy because I'm not entirely secure in doing the videos yet. So it's it's always nice to hear positive things about them. So And and kudos to my people, our people on social media. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I think you all know who you are because I know you listen and I am so grateful for your support. Yeah, me uh, too. And I know Bob is too. Oh, absolutely! But you can't have any idea how meaningful that is to mm-hmm. us, and uh, yeah. how grateful we are for it. So, thank you for that. Yes, and especially these days when I, you know, I'm dealing with family stuff, trying to keep everything uh, at full steam as far as the podcast goes. So, uh, I appreciate it. all that support. Yeah, it, it means the world to me. So, um, okay. So, speaking of social media, I saw this post from you uh, this morning about Fonnie yes. Willis. Would you like me to read it, or would you like oh, to relate this news? No, about- no, you go. Right ahead. Okay, so this is a Buzz Burbank report on Twitter. As if to assure skeptics she's not dropped the ball, Georgia DA Fonnie Willis says indictments in her election interference case will drop between July 11, the day before my birthday, and uh-huh. September 1. She's uh-huh. alerted law enforcement to prep for a possibly violent public reaction, True. which indicates Trump will be indicted. Don't you think so? I mean, 
again, this is I, I give my analysis of the news as well as as reporting it, and yeah. and I try to be fair and reasonable and rational and and, and based in fact about it. Uh, but why else, if it wasn't, I mean, if she was just going to indict a bunch of guys, uh, I, I don't see a crowd gathering outside. Right. But if she indicts Donald Trump, uh, there could be a crowd. I don't know. Maybe there will be. Maybe there won't be. But it, it seems risky not to at least prepare for it. It says to me, and uh, the grand jury has uh, one of the grand jurors has already tipped us off to this that mm-hmm. uh, w- the indictments we expect are the indictments we will get and and so it's it's pretty obvious that that Trump will be indicted and uh, uh, Fonnie Willis is urging law enforcement in uh, a letter to them and other agencies that uh, they should be prepared for that and I think that's a, a reason and wise thing to do. Uh, the grand jury has to be uh, in- interviewed and seated, and, and uh, you got to find, what is it, uh, like 30 people? It's over two dozen people make up a grand jury. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and get them all sworn in and begin to present the evidence. And grand juries serve, somebody asked me today, why, why does it take, why, why wait till July 11th? Well, because grand juries have terms, and mm-hmm. that's, that's all spelled out in the law, Georgia law specifically. Yeah. But they, they start on X date and they end on X date. And so she has this grand jury now. She had the one before, which was a fact-finding grand jury. Now she has an indictment grand jury coming. And uh, it, it's those fine citizens, our fellow citizens, who will make up the 30 people who will evaluate the evidence and uh, that she's going to present to them that Fonnie Willis, an excellent prosecutor, is convinced uh, that uh, will persuade them to indict uh, Trump and and uh, certainly Rudy Giuliani and possibly others. Hello, yeah, Lindsay. Mark Meadows, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 and maybe Lindsay, who knows, and certainly a lot of uh, state Georgia officials, especially those involved in the fake elector scheme. I don't see anyone coming out to protest if they indict Mark Meadows and uh, Rudy right. Giuliani. It's just not going right. <laughs> They don't have that right. kind of support. They don't have that no. kind of loyalty. It's Trump that she's worried about. I'm taking this as an extraordinarily positive sign that yeah. Donald Trump's going to get smacked with this. And once again, just to repeat the obvious, this is something that he can't be pardoned out of. You can't right. pardon someone on state or local charges. It's just not going right. to happen. So when it comes to Alvin Bragg, when it comes to Fonnie Willis, this is going to stick to the wall no matter who gets elected in 2024 got to be Joe Biden, by the way, or uh, if that person happens to be a non-Trump Republican. So he's not going to get pardoned from these crimes. Well, he certainly can't get a presidential pardon. No. I'm wondering if perhaps the governor of Georgia has the authority (sighs) to pardon a state conviction like that. And I hate to bring that up, and I'm not doing it to be a a downer, Uh, and, and maybe it'll never happen. Maybe the governor... Uh, you know, who's had some problems with Trump will yes. refuse to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I, I, I just think we should be careful not to say uh, he can't be pardoned. I think maybe legally with the governor he could be. I don't think that means it'll happen. I just think it means it's possible. He certainly cannot get a presidential pardon. Okay, well then maybe New York is a better example to use because I don't think any Democratic governor of New York is going to pardon him. So at least there's that. So the next thing is the House Republicans have passed a nationwide ban on trans girls in sports. Now, bear in mind, this is just the House, and it's probably not going to pass in the Senate. Joe Biden certainly isn't going to sign it into law. Uh, So this is something that's not going to happen. However, I want to talk about this issue for just a second because it's something that continuously comes up. What we're talking about here is something that's being done out of pure bigotry because they know that this is not going to be law. But what they need to do is make sure they continuously tweak the uh, bigotry of their 
voters, right? And their contributors. So that's why this is done. This is done purely for show. This is a cosmetic thing. But it's, as I said, it's important that we debunk this idea once and for all. And that make sure that we all repeat this. Don't let the Republicans get away with the myth that there's some sort of epidemic of trans girls participating in cis girls sports in high school or grade school. Yes. So the absolute madness, it absolutely is. And as I said, it's not going to become law. So the ACLU wrote the following. I'm going to read this directly because this is, I think sums up the debunking quite well, right? Just 2% of high school students identify as transgender nationwide. That's according to the CDC. Mm -hmm. That means that approximately 1% of any given school would be comprised of transgender girls. So you take the 2%, you divide that in half because some are transgender boys, others are transgender girls. So 1% of any given school would be comprised of transgender girls who may or may not choose to participate in sports. So it could be even less. So we're talking about a fraction of 1%. Right. Of uh, children in this case, transgender girls who want to participate in sports with cis girls. Right. So athletes come to their sports with a variety of talent, body sizes, physical advantages or disadvantages, genetic makeup, and mental drive. Many cisgender girls, like Kimberly Johnson, for example, (laughs) are extremely tall or have exceptional muscle mass. Traits that could give them an edge in multiple sports. But correctly, we do not exclude those girls from school sports. I always use the example, my own example, uh, playing youth sports. Uh I was at least five or six inches, maybe more, taller and larger than the other kids I was playing sports with. I mean, if you look at some of the pictures, like my soccer team pictures and so on, (laughs) I'm like three heads taller than some of the other players. Who's that adult on the field? (laughs) Exactly. Should I have been excluded from those sports? If Kimberly wanted to play field hockey in high school, she's much taller. Uh, She was six feet tall when she was 16 years old. Should should she have been banned from playing those sports? She's also got broad shoulders. So she if she wanted to, she could carry more muscle mass. Should she have been? Yeah, exactly. Should she have been banned? This is a ridiculous standard, especially when we're talking about a fraction of one percent. In other words, it just doesn't happen. And I have some numbers from Kansas, in fact. Okay. Uh, And and what's odd about this is I found this in an article about gerrymandering, but it it shows what the (laughs) results it shows what the results can be in Kansas. For example, uh, the Republican legislature has overridden the governor, the Democratic governor's veto of a bill that bans trans girls in cis sports. Nice. Uh, So uh, trans girls are banned in Kansas high school athletics. Mm -hmm. Kansas has and this goes to your 1%. The math works out pretty well. Kansas has 109,000 registered high school athletes. Yeah. 109,000. 11 of them are trans. Wow. That's 11 trans students in yeah. out of 109,000. It's like you said, it's less than 1%. Yeah. Uh, clearly. And here's an example where we actually have the numbers from a specific state where, in fact, trans athletes, uh, girls, are, are banned from girls' sports. And there are other factors that should be included in all of this, uh, hormone levels. I mean, one of the things, right. one of the examples I brought up when Kimberly and I talked about this on the after party on Friday is uh, puberty versus not puberty. 
there were kids that I played sports yeah. with who had gone through puberty. In fact, there right. were kids in my eighth grade class, for God's sake, who already had beards and receding ha- hairlines. <laughs> right. A lot of kids mature before other kids. Uh, some some boys don't go through puberty until 15, 16 years old. So physically and hormonally, they have the testosterone levels of girls, and they're playing in the same sports with right. boys who have fully matured with right. testosterone levels nearing 1,000, maybe even higher when you're talking about teenage boys. <laughs> so should uh, post-pubescent boys be banned from sports with pre-pubescent boys? I they mean, shouldn't these... be allowed to play in the same league, Bob. That's, right. We've got to separate everyone. You know, that, the amazing thing about this, that my takeaway from the Kansas story and from the numbers that you gave, uh-huh. is that we have all this outrage and yeah. all this legislation for 11 people. <laughs> exactly. For two people, perhaps, mm-hmm. in another state. All this brouhaha and all the legislation, all the chest pounding and all the, the, the pearl clutching that goes on in the Republican Party about, about trans people and trans athletes. Uh, we're talking about, you have to go to all this trouble for 11 people? Are you serious? Yeah. You have nothing better to do? You have solved all of our other problems? Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm to gather from this? Yeah. Uh, we, we can't tolerate this. We have to make our position clear on this. Republicans love to come up with solutions to problems that don't exist. That's one of their favorite things in the world to do because what that does is it scares the piss out of their voters, out of their supporters, because they think it's a much bigger epidemic than it actually is. See previous conversation about trans terrorists. There's an epidemic of trans terror. No, there is not. It just doesn't statistically exist at all. Um, They will go to any length. They will go out on any limb. In-person voter fraud is another one. What was the uh-huh. number that I was mentioning just over and over again? It was like 0.0000013, the number of in-person voter fraud cases right. in our elections. And this is And a- all, all all of them are in Florida's the villages. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> bye-bye, Tucker Carlson. I'm so glad. I'm so happy. This has made my day yesterday. I so enjoyed that news. Um, lots more to talk about coming up on the Shadow Docket. I've got some big news about the forthcoming. You know, this will add to my list of podcasts that I'm on. In fact, you know what, Buzz? I'm doing three other podcasts right now as we're doing this show. <laughs> um I got big news on a new podcast I'm launching with the great Mary Trump. And I've got, uh, yeah, lots of news on that. It's called the Trek Politics Podcast. It's about Star Trek, and it's about the socio-political elements of Star Trek. The cultural things, the cultural statements that we see in Star Trek. There are a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, but only this one will deal with that. I'm excited to hear it. I haven't heard yet what you're about to announce. Yes, I can't wait to talk about this. We'll get into that on the Shadow Docket. Uh, Plus, um, oh yeah, by the way, you know, we've done a soft relaunch of the merch store at bobsuska.com. Yay! I finally added the new logo and everything, my bulbous head to all of the uh, T-shirts and mugs and various bits of swag that we have for sale at I the, love the uh, mugs. merch store. Any, yeah, any white V-necks among that collection? <laughs> you know, they don't make white V-necks at Cafe uh, Press, but uh, if you go to BobSeska.com, just beneath the logo, you'll see a link for "Buy Our Crap." Just <laughs> click on that link; it'll take you to the store, and you can buy our crap. Uh, lots more to talk about. Plus, uh, we're going to talk about Bud Light and some other things on the uh, Shadow Docket Show. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. Sign up for $5 a month. 
That'll unlock the Shadow Docket, which we do every Tuesday and Thursday after the credits roll. We keep on talking for another 15, 20 minutes. So we'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. The Republicans and accused criminal. 